Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sideline Sports. I'm Travis, joined here by Ben and Alex. Hello guys. Okay, today we're going to talk about the individual sports and their restart plans because they've been making a lot of steps this week since we've been on last. But first, we're going to talk about our Patriots predictions and what we think about that. Okay, who wants to give their predictions first? Okay, Ben. And I don't think they realize that the Patriots still have a really strong coaching system. And we still have great players, or they do. Edelman, you know, I think he's still there. And we have we had a very good defense. And I think that the Patriots are not out of the playoff question. I think they might make the playoffs. But they might not get a good seed. But I think the Patriots are better than people are thinking. Okay, it's interesting you say that because I think people like Edelman, they've had a couple good years in the past, but I don't think Edelman's going to be able to keep this up without his guy, Tom Brady, at the quarterback. The Patriots, they just lost too many people over the offseason. They're going to take a big drop off this year, I feel. They have the hardest schedule in the league. If they like, So last year, all the wins combined, they have the hardest um, schedule in the league. So last year, they had one of the easiest. So we didn't really get a good comparison last year. Their defense was obviously looked very good last year, but that may be due to the fact that they were playing a bunch of trash teams that didn't really, well, weren't really in cl- playoff contention. Well, if the Patriots had kept Antonio Brown, I think they would have had no. better. No. 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 No, you can't keep Antonio Brown. He's terribly big. Yeah, I mean, you can't really... Your football team looks really bad if you keep someone like Antonio Brown on there because of all the problems he has off the field. If he had been able to clean up his act, he could have been a very good receiver in the NFL for maybe like three, four more years. But he made too many mistakes, and the Patriots, they tried to give him a second chance, but now he has nothing else to do except just post videos of himself working out and doing nothing. Well, like, I think the problem with the Patriots is that we're going to be stuck in this limbo this year between being an elite team or just tanking. I think Belichick is too prideful to just go out and tank for Trevor, which is what I want him to do because I would – Love to see Trevor Lawrence in a Patriots jersey. Yeah, you know, trade away all the good, good old players. It's fresh blood, but you know Belichick's getting old, so he doesn't have a year to waste. So I think honestly, we could go at best like eleven and five. Look at what Belichick did with Castle when Brady got hurt, right? And that team is about as good as this one this year. Yeah, but um, the thing is, you said that you want to see Trevor Lawrence in a Patriots uniform. Like they would have to get like a top three pick, like maybe even the first pick if he gets that high. So. The teams that get the first pick, they win like two games a year. Even if the Patriots are really bad, like I don't think they'll be very good this year. Um, I think their time has come to suck the suck now. So they would have to go two and like fourteen, which would be ridiculous, I think. So I don't or I'm saying like maybe if the Patriots don't do well, they'd be like five and eleven, four as well. We can maybe package our first round with like an Edelman and trade that to whatever team is the first overall pick. Well, I think Edelman, I mean, he's getting older. He's been in the league for a while. And right now, he's out of his prime. So if we do try and trade him, he won't have as much value as a younger player who has more potential. So we can't really do much with him. And I think the Patriots just have to wait until he retires and we lose a lot of our good players. 
and then the Patriots can start rebuilding. Dude, the Patriots, they don't have a lot of strength on offense. They have a lot of potential there. They have a couple they have a couple of young receivers like Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers, who I think Jacoby Myers could be pretty good over the next couple of years. Maybe taking the role of a second or third wide receiver after Julian Edelman's gone in the next couple of years. But the in positions that need to improve, you need Sony Michelle to take a bigger step forward as a running back for the Patriots. And you also need Nikhil Harry and, J- and Jacoby Myers to be better receivers for the Patriots if you want them the Patriots to win over 10 games this year. Yeah. Okay. What I think the Patriots are going to do this year, I don't think they're going to be very impressive. They have one of the hardest schedules in the league. A lot of the teams they're playing, we're not too sure about because they've gotten a couple new players like the Dolphins. They just got Tua. Tua might not even play, but if he does play, I think they'll be dangerous to the Patriots. They're also playing the Cardinals. They have a couple, they have a lot of bad road games. They have two games in a row in LA. Big road trip at the end of the year. Um, the Patriots could be in a lot of trouble this year when you consider the fact that they're playing such high-caliber teams. Like Most of the teams they're playing are going to be in the playoffs this year. And I don't think the Patriots right now are uh, are going to get by the – if the Patriots make it to the wild card somehow, I don't think they're going to get by the first round. So if they're, they, they can't compete with these playoff teams. Yeah. Alex, do you want to tell us what you think the Patriots are going to do this year? I mean, I think it'll be like a seven and nine season. Somewhere in the middle, we'll be fighting for a playoff spot to like week fifteen ish, and then it'll just be out of reach for us, honestly. What do you think? It'll be okay, not great. And I think Edelman, his production is going to go down because he doesn't have Brady with him, and he's going to have to try to build that trust with Stidham if he wants to stay with the team for a long time. Speaking of Stidham, do you think Stidham's going to be a productive quarterback this year? Because he doesn't have too many great weapons this year. He can't run the ball every single down because you have Sonny Michelle as your running back. You can always dump it off to Julian Edelman and James White, I guess, but that's not going to get you very far, as we saw last year. The O-line has taken a few steps back in the previous years from the previous years. Do you think the Patriots like, – what would have to happen for the Patriots to make it to the playoffs this year in your mind? Oh, well, actually, I think the Patriots have a good formula in Sonny Michelle because – Last year, you know, a lot of our offensive line was injured, and that's why we didn't. That's why we couldn't run the ball. But like when we run the ball a lot, we're actually really good, and we can beat teams. And I think if we just pound the ball on people people's throat, kind of like the Cowboys do, we might be able to win some games. Yeah, you're right. Because the couple of years ago, when the Patriots had that year where they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl two years ago, in the playoffs, all they really did was hand the ball to Sony Michelle and dump it off to James White. And that propelled them into the Super Bowl. So if they can get a good offensive line and some good tight ends this year, if you can, have, you need a couple of receiving threats at least because they know you're just going to run the ball the whole time. That's a problem. So if the Patriots can use their running game to boost their their game to the next level, they I can see them winning eight games. I still I think just due to the fact that they have a hard schedule, they're not going to get very far because we saw last year. Like, do you think last year's team is better than this year's team? Yeah, I think so. Personally, just because our defense was better. Last year, we had better linebackers. And the quarterback, we still have a question mark this year. Brady was better than, I think, Stidham will be this year. So, yeah, last year, we had a hard time beating teams who were above 500. They were above 500. We struggled in a lot of those games. We beat up on all the easy teams. A lot of the teams now, they are those teams we played last year, plus a few other good ones. Yeah, the problem this year is that Stidham just doesn't have the experience that past quarterbacks have had. So 
the Patriots can't rely on passing to win games. So it's going to have to be running if we're going to, or if they're going to win any games. Well, they weren't really relying on passing in some of their previous Super Bowl years. Like last year, they weren't relying on passing. They didn't do too great. They didn't have a lot of receivers the year before. They didn't have any good receivers the year before that. They had Gordon and Elliman, but those guys weren't overly impressive for them. Like we said before, they relied on the running game. So the Patriots are going to need their running backs to be good this year is the bottom line. Well, I think a real game changer would have been if back in like 17, I think it was, 2017, had Malcolm Mitchell not retired. Because that was a guy Brady had like started to build trust with. And then he had that one knee injury and it all fell apart. And I think he could have really been a really big boost to our receiving core. Yeah, I remember that guy. I, I forgot to talk about him the last couple of – I mean, I forgot to talk about him, but that guy was good. I really forgot about him, honestly. But that one year, he was a rookie. He retired because of a knee injury, you said? Oh, uh, yeah. That's unfortunate because I thought he could have been a good receiver when I watched him. I, he just disappeared. I didn't know where he went. Yeah, I remember he had this one, like, insane game in San Fran, in San Fran, and he just absolutely ripped them apart. And that's when you were thinking, oh, my God, this kid can be really good. And then he had to retire. Okay, these other teams in the Patriots division, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets, um, how do you think the Dolphins are going to do this year? The same as last year. You think they're going to suck that bad? I mean, they, they, they pulled it together at the end of last year. So if they do the same as, as last year, Theoretically, they should be able to keep it together this year. I think they've they have a better team this year. Obviously, I think the Dolphins could be a threat to the Patriots if the Patriots tank is and not tank if they do as bad as I think they will. Well, I mean, we're gonna get our yearly Fitz Magic at the beginning of the year. You know, when he throws for like 500 yards a game, first three games, then falls apart in the fourth game, and you know, uh, two is gonna come in and get his reps and learn how to be an NFL quarterback. I think. That'll probably end up getting them to like around somewhere like six and ten, seven and nine, maybe. Okay. Well, I I think also the the Bills, they had a really strong team last year, and we managed to get by them, Patriots. But with the Patriots out, I think the Bills could actually maybe get into the second round of the playoffs. Obviously, not go to the Super Bowl, but I think they could win a couple games in the playoffs. Okay, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are there. The Bills are – you can go. I think, I think they're going to run the division the next few years, honestly, because they just they have a young quarterback in Josh Allen, and I think he can be good, unlike Travis. Yep. Okay. Well, the Bills, I think that they're improving this year. I don't know if their record's going to be significantly better, but the Bills, their, their team is ranking significantly. I think we mentioned last episode they got Stefan Diggs. Their defense is still intact from last year. The Bills have potential to be very good this year. Yeah. So, the Jets. I, I don't expect much from the Jets this year. They haven't really improved at all. They got a they got a they got a tackle in the draft, but the Jets aren't going anywhere. Okay. Yeah, I want to get your guys' opinion on the Buccaneers because they got Brady and Gronk, but do you guys think they're going to do well? Um, I think the defense needs to work. They have a good linebacking core, but the Buccaneers they'll make the playoffs. Maybe I don't. They, I heard one of the Bucks players say they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to go maybe in the wild card round or the divisional round. Maybe they're not going anywhere big though. They may win a couple games. They might not make the playoffs actually, but I think they probably will make the playoffs. 
What do you think the, the Bucks? I think they're a wild card in the essence of the word. You know, they're either going to be good and make the playoffs, or they might just suck and fall apart because they know defense. I mean, the situation wasn't obviously the best for Tom Brady in New England, but do we know if Tom Brady is going to be like very good this year? Because last year he wasn't great. He had some good weapons. He had Edelman and he had Gordon and um, Brown for a while. He only had Brown for one game, but um, Tom Brady wasn't very good last year. He, if he he has the weapons, obviously, now. So this is Tom Brady's year to prove that he can succeed in another system except for the Patriots at the age that he's in. Yeah, there was so much. Well, football fans are really excited about Brady and Gronk coming back together. But Gronk took a couple years off, and now he's just not in the same game shape that he was in. And I don't think he's going to be very effective. He might be a decoy, but he's not going to carry the load offensively. So I don't think they have the weapons to win a Super Bowl. You saw that. You saw what you just said. He was not going to be as effective last year. Not last year. The last year he played when he was in New England and they won against the Rams. He wasn't. He was falling. He was deteriorating then. He only caught like for six hundred yards, and that's not very good for Gronk's standards. He'd been like the leading, leading in tight ends for years and years. But so Gronk, I don't think he's, he's not going to improve, obviously, because that Gronk was better than this Gronk is going to be. I think, even though that he has Brady and Tampa and all the other weapons with Gronk and that the good team there, he's not going to do as good as he did in New England in like twenty whatever, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, when he was really good for the Patriots. What do you think about Gronk, Alex? Do you think he's going to do good? Uh, I don't think so. You know, as Ben said, Gronk just isn't in the same playing shape as he was before. And Gronk's game is all physical. You know, he's just not going to have the same size that he's had in, like, previous years. And that's what his game's all about. It's about overpowering defenders and trucking them, you know, destroying them, breaking their souls. But even when we saw him in New England two years ago, he's still capable of making big plays. It's not going to happen every game. He's not going to be the best. He's not going to be the best tight end in the league like he's used to, like he's used to being. But he can still make big plays. I think if the Bucks really need to rely on him late in the games. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to move on. Alex, can you tell us about the NBA's new plan to restart that's been coming out in the news lately? Well, so originally the NBA decided they were looking to do a 16-team playoff format, like seeded 1-16, to 16, and, you know, both conferences, and that's how it was going to work. But then they realized, oh, wait, Dane and Zion wouldn't be in the playoffs then. So the NBA is looking to increase it to 20 teams and do group play, much like the World Cup. So there would be four groups. Each uh, group would have five teams in it, and the top two teams would advance from each group. And, you know, they wanted to get their big stars into this. I think that's how it's going to work. And they're either rumored to do it in Vegas at MGM Resorts or at uh, Disney World in Orlando. I think it could be very interesting. Yeah, I think that the NBA should change it to every team playing. Because if you think about it and you take a look at the Cavs, their last game happened months ago and their next game might not happen for a long time. So I think they should have all the lower teams play into the bracket. So then every chance, every team at least gets a chance 
to be in the playoffs. But you see, like, and I think a lot of the owners are resistant to fly the like to have the cost of flying players out there and giving them room and board for those days. They're going to just get eliminated in the first round because, like, are the Cavs really going to be able to match up with like the team with the Clippers? They get just absolutely destroyed. It'd be a clean sweep, and they'd be gone. They got their back to Cleveland, so that just wouldn't work for the owners. Okay, I think a tough thing about this is the division play. The Celtics have a pretty tough division over there. A couple teams in their division, like Philadelphia and Toronto, I'd rather the NBA just come back and say, "One of the what? It's tough that we have the coronavirus. What's just, they should just pick up the playoffs." You said that they wanted to get their stars in, but maybe next year, I guess. I mean, I don't think this is the time to try to do that. It's not division play; it's group play. So group split play. Split up the top twenty teams by record. So you put like the. Oh, to each like of the top four seeds have their own group and like the one five you know kind of like how they do it in the world cup oh i see i thought you meant by like they yeah. divide it into divisions and they all try to compete the top four teams in the divisions but um still why can't they just pick it up right now where it is because it's not going to change dra- drastically it's not like the nhl where the eight seed has a chance to eliminate the one seed in the first round the Magic or whatever, whoever's down there, is not going to eliminate the Bucks in the first round. So they may as well just pick it up from where they are, I think. If they, I don't think it matters if they get their stars in right now. Obviously, they want it for their revenue, but no one's going to be in the stands or anything. I think they should just for, kind of forget about that. Well, first of all, tell that the We Believe Warriors beat the Mavericks in 07. And, um, but, you know, like, they, they just can't pick up the playoffs like they are because they need a tune-up or else players are going to get injured. You're going to be missing your big stars that the fans really want to see. And, like, the uh, like ratings for the TV just drop off a cliff. And say, like, LeBron gets injured, right? Like, we saw what happened in the finals last year. There was no LeBron, and it was one of the lowest-rated finals ever that wasn't on tape to life. So you just you need your stars. You need them to not be injured. Well, right now, I think the NBA should at least get some form of basketball up quick because all the fans really want right now is some basketball to watch. So even if there's not, you know, Zion or Damian Lillard in the playoffs, I think the NBA fans will just be happy to have something to watch. So I think that should be the priority right now. Yeah, but Alex, can you tell us a little bit more about this? How many games are the series in the um, group play? Are there like series or are they just playing games? Like, uh, so the group play would be round robin. You play against each team once. And I think that they might do a tune-up even before that and then do the group play and then go on to the last eight teams that are standing at a group play and put them in a playoff bracket. Okay. So the NBA playoffs, the thing I have with it, it's, it's always too long. Do you think this will add on to the length of the NBA playoffs? Because I, I kind of get bored watching like a whole bunch of game ones and games twos. Like I think they should shorten the playoffs this year. Okay, what I would do if I were the NBA, they've obviously lost some time. They want to get the natural flow of things back. So why don't they just shorten the playoff series, except for like maybe the finals or the Eastern Conference finals and the Western Conference finals. But they should maybe shorten it to like five games, top eight teams. I would just roll with it where it is right now. Pick it up and just go. I'm Obviously not the regular season because it doesn't make sense for those teams at the bottom, like the Knicks, to pick it up then and just keep going, even though they're just going to get destroyed in their last five games and they're not going to go anywhere. So they should just they should shorten the NBA playoffs instead of making it longer and maybe even carrying into other sports seasons. Well, the problem here is revenue. It's all about revenue for the NBA because they've already lost about a billion dollars 
just thanks to coronavirus, it's one of the biggest seasons of all time, and they're missing all the TV ratings. So what they're not going to shorten playoff series is because they need those extra games to make up at least some of those dollars. Because or else the salary cap will have to go down by a lot, and it'll really hurt a lot of the teams and players. Okay, I see. Anything else to add on that, Ben? Not really. Okay, now I'm going to tell you guys about the NHL's restart plan. Okay, so the NHL's they have a 24 team format, and they would they could obviously never do this in the NBA because the Knicks aren't going to compete. But in the NHL, you never know because you have these teams like last year. Perfect example: the Blue Jackets. They beat the Lightning, and it was a big. It was one of the biggest upsets of all time. The Lightning were one of the best teams ever. Okay, so this is how it would work: the top four teams in each conference they'd compete in a round-robin tournament to determine the seeding. So it's kind of, do you think it screws the Bruins? Because the Bruins, they had this great year this year. They're most likely going to keep it up um, for the last couple games of the season until the playoffs come. Do you think this kind of screws the Bruins? Because they possibly could drop to the four seed, and this is obviously a big a big disadvantage of that to play a 4-5 game. Well, as you said, in the NHL, any team can be any team. So the Bruins are a very good team. So even if they are in the fourth seed, I think they would still have a chance to advance really far. That's true. They are a good team. So it might not matter if it's just a couple fluke games in the middle. But what I'm saying is like, um, never mind. Okay. The next step is the qualifying round. So the seeds five through 12 would face off in what they call the qualifying round. These series are best of five matchups. It'll feature the usual playoff overtime rules till someone plays and scores. Okay, so it sounds like they're going to be series best of five. Um, are you guys for this or against this? Should they be looking more towards what the NBA is doing or keeping it as it is? Do you like this format for the NHL? Well, I think that's a very good option, and I have another idea. It's not necessarily a better idea, but what the league could do is do a March Madness style where every team in the in each conference will play off. So the one in the 15 or 16, I think, they'll play, and it'll be single elimination. But I guess the bad thing about that is that the worst team in the league could beat the best team. But I think that's another way that they could do it if this 24 team wouldn't work. So I think it would, but if it doesn't, that's um, yeah, Ben, it's also having games to, like, the Coyotes beat the Bruins in the first round, and then they lose, like, one of their most marketable teams. You know, the NHL doesn't want to risk that. That's why they went for this top four seeding, because they saw what happened to Lightning last year. They went, oh, no, this could happen again. So they're going to put, they're going to protect those teams and make sure they can stay marketable throughout the playoffs. Right. Yeah, the March Madness is so exciting because um, you never know who's going to win those, but it feels like the NFL we should take it a bit more seriously when it comes to this because it's not going to be funny if the, like Alex said, it's not going to be funny if the Bruins get out in the first round for everyone here in Boston. It may be funny for everyone else. Everyone's going to laugh about it, but you don't want to see the Bruins getting out in the first round. And you have like the finals being these two trash teams that just got really lucky over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, video by this uh, page SB nation and they were, and they examined which sports uh, like involved most luck and which is most skill. And hockey was actually the sport that involved the most luck out of the four major American sports. 
So I think like uh, this March Madness style bracket would just be a breeding ground for that, and the luckiest team would end up winning. So I think that luck can only take them so far. What the NHL is worried about is that the t- like we said earlier again um, that the teams that are on the bottom are going to knock the teams in the top out, and then you're just going to have really like they're not going to make it like all the way. Like you said, the the Coyotes are not going to go all the way and win the championship. They may a couple teams may get lucky and knock off some of the top teams, and um, the Coyotes may beat the Bruins, but then next round they get out and they and nothing happens, and you have a trash finals matchup like a five seed and like a six seed maybe, but you don't want to see that for the NHL. Okay, now let's talk about the baseball pay cuts. So the owners pro- the owners propose something to the Players Association that, th- that will involve their players' pay cuts. It basically means that the t- higher-played players are going to be making more money, I mean going to be making less money, than the lower paid players, not literally, they're going to lose more money uh, for obvious reasons because they're making a lot more. So here it is. Um, this is what it is from Jeff Passan. Okay, if you're making $35 million, then that, that's going to round down to $7.84 million. If you're making, if you're making $1 million, that's going to round to four, 434K. The players, they didn't like this, and baseball is in danger right now. They're a struggling sport as is. They need to kind of pull themselves together right now. The owners, do you think this is just a, a low ball for their first offer? Because this is not good for the players at all, especially the higher-tier players who are going to be suffering the most loss out of any of them. Do you think this is good for the NHL? Do you think the owners are pitching like a low ball option at first? Or are they just saying like this is our fi- this is one of our final offers and they're trying to make the players mad because we could potentially see baseball not come back this year if the players don't accept this offer and there's nothing else that ha- if there's no other proposals. Yeah, um, I understand that the players in the MLB they obviously want their money, but I think no matter how much you're getting paid in the league, you should be making enough to get by until the next season starts. And I think uh, players that make tens of millions of dollars, they obviously want, you know, their full pay, but I think all, or I think most of the players would be fine, like financially and like paying for things if they got their cut. But I understand why they don't want that because they want their money. Yes, the and big problem here is actually the minor leaguers, not as much the major leaguers, just because you know those are already players who are like barely making minimum wage as minor league players, and I think they're really going to take a hit. And some teams might just get dissolved, like in the minor league system, and some teams might not be able to pay for a farm system. Yeah, that's a good point. The coronavirus is hitting the minor league systems a lot more than it's hitting the major league systems because you got all these owners in the major league. And they're sitting on literally like billions and billions of dollars, and they don't really care if baseball doesn't come back. If they if they don't make money this year, they'll probably still be fine. I mean, they're not making that much money off this one team that's going to impact them financially. Like the Red Sox owner, he has billions of dollars, so they're not really concerned about the minor league teams when they propose this. And the minor league teams could be taking a big hit this year. Their salaries are obviously going to be cut down a bit less than all the salaries of the players from the major leagues. 
because they're making less money, and that's how this is designed. But if the players don't like this, I'm hearing things that I'm hearing rumors that if the player if they might not propose another thing, they might just sit a year out for baseball, and that would be terrible for the sport. Which kind of the point? Um, it would be terrible for the sport because it's already a struggling sport. They're not getting stands in the fans as is. So if they lose this much money this year, not it's not really about the money. Never mind. It's not really about the money. It's about keeping people interested in it. So, um, do we have any final thoughts? Because I have some things to mention after. Any of you guys want to mention anything that happened this week? Well, I mean, as we said last episode, uh, the Bradley Beal trade rumors are heating up. And I think he's definitely going to be on the move to Brooklyn. And they have to pull a trigger now. You know, as soon as the offseason starts. Because, you know, they they went all in on Katie and Kyrie. And so what? Give him a third option. You know, I think that's what it's going to take to get out of the Yonslet East. If the, if the Wizards let that happen, that's just unfortunate. Because that would be a super team at that point um, in Brooklyn. They already have some good role players. And they have two superstars right now who next year are going to come back and hopefully be good for their team. And if they get another player like Bradley Beal, who's a high-caliber scorer, he's one of the top scorers in the league. I think he's number two right now when the season ended. So if they get Bradley Beal, I'm picking that team to maybe win the finals. Yeah, uh, Bradley Beal uh, sometime this year had back-to-back 50-point games. And if he did go to the Nets, it would just make that division a lot stronger with the Raptors, the Sixers, and the Heat and the Celtics, and it would just be a super division. Oh yeah, I think the Atlantic division is going to be cracking up their minds. I don't think the uh, no the Knicks are in the Atlantic division. Heat are in the Southeast. Yeah. yeah, but still, like you have four of the top ten teams in the league, arguably in the Atlantic division. They might just have to switch it up, honestly. I don't think that's fair for the NBA. Ever since I mean, you would be. You would be getting a lot of really good matchups during the regular season constantly, you know, these teams. Well, with all these really good teams in, uh, um, is it the Atlantic division? Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, with all of those, these really good teams in that division, they would play each other four times each year, and those are really big games, and it would bring in a lot of money for the league, and I think the league would want that because – it would bring them more money and people tune in and watch those games. Yes. Okay. Um, ben, do you have any rumors, news you want to talk about? This time. Okay. So I have a couple things I want to talk about. First, let's talk about the NFL and if we and how we if we think they're going to come back at full strength this year. Because the NFL, they're making it seem like that they can still do it and then they're going to come back this year. They've said they're going to have fans in the stands. I don't think they'll have fans in the stands by the time the season rolls around, but it's not impossible to think that the NFL, like they're in a really good position as far as all the others like, compared to all the other sports because they have time to wait. They can see how everything plays out and what all the other leagues do and how they're handling the situation. And they have time to work with here until they get to their seat, their preseason in August. Do you think the NFL is going to come back at full strength this year? Like they're making it seem like they're going to. Well, I, I, I think one problem is that, in a typical NFL team, there's so many players, there's all the backups, and there's so much coaching. 
and it's just a lot more people in one area. As for, you know, basketball, there's only 12 players on a team. So I think the NFL will have to be careful about that. But if the coronavirus does, like, die down a bit, I think they'll be totally fine going back. Alex? I think the NFL, out of all leagues, cares the least about their players, honestly. The NFL, it's the most profit-driven corporation, probably, out of these uh, four main sports. And I think they'll come back no matter what. You know, because we may be seeing a vaccine by January. I think the NFL has a false hope that it might be sooner. And I think, you know, Goodell just really wants the league to come back. And that's probably what's going to happen. And they might come back too early. And I think a lot of the players are going to have to drop out because of the coronavirus. But, yeah. Just gonna... Well, and that's another bad thing about leagues trying to come back. If all the stars get the virus, then there isn't going to be any good players to watch anymore. So mm-hmm. these leagues coming back could either work really well or it could just backfire and everyone gets the virus. And then gets the okay, so all the leagues that are coming back right now, um, we know there's going to be cases. There's, there, I assume there's going to be cases no matter what. No matter how much you like quarantine these guys in like a facility or a spot in like Orlando, Disney, whatever, there's going to be cases. Where do you draw the line? If there's one case, are we shutting it down? If there's half a team that has it, are we shutting that team down? Like, Where do we draw the line with cases? Because we, we know there's going to be cases again. But how do we know when to shut it down if there's too many cases? I've seen a lot of uh, leagues are saying like they'll just try to quarantine players as quickly as possible and they're going to try to play through it. And I think it's all about contract tracing too. You know, it's seeing who played against who and then who might have gotten infected with it and you give them extra tests. I think the real thing is that the NBA, especially, they're not coming back until testing is firm. You know, they need it. They need to be able to test their players every single day. That's the only way the NBA is going to come back. The NFL, like the sports leagues, um, if you have one person, if you have like maybe like the entire Celtics team has you, right? And they played the the, N- the NBA, their games are a lot closer together than the NFL and stuff. So they played three different teams in the last week. Um, do we have to quarantine all those teams? Are we shutting those teams down if that many players in the Celtics have it? Because a lot of the guys might have it and we just don't know it because they're not testing people just randomly in the NFL all the time. They say they're going to test them and treat them, but – Sometimes the symptoms don't show and you don't even know. So a lot of the time, like maybe even right now, a lot of the players, we just don't know they have the coronavirus. Cause, and then you have a couple of guys that do have symptoms on one team, but they might not have them on another team. Um, what do you guys think? Well, we can't forget that America is the best country in the world in terms of sports. And these are professional athletes and they're really healthy. You know, they like playing sports is their job. So they're in really good shape. They're in good health. So if they do get the virus, I think they'll just fight it off quickly. And and I think most of the players would be fine if they did get the virus. But you look at people in the NFL, some of these guys are training themselves to have – some of these guys, some of the linemen, they're on diets and they're eating chicken wings and stuff for dinner every night and for lunch and all that. They have these terrible diets. So they're not putting their body in good health, but they're aware of this, you know? Like the in the NBA, I think they should be fine because most of the players they're young, they're healthy, they're very strong. They have to work out a lot for that. But people in the NFL, the MLB, they're not not all not all of them have like the strength and conditioning of the 
NFL of the NBA players because their job, their sports that are so different. What about hockey? Well, in hockey, they have to train a lot for that too because there's a lot of endurance work, and they're all they're most of the people in hockey are young. There's a few old people, but it involves a lot of strength and conditioning as well. Okay, so let's move on to another thing. We have the last dance. We just we just finished. We talked about it a while last last week. Um, there was an audio that surfaced. So do you know how Michael Jordan? He said that he didn't say he wouldn't play for the Dream Team if Isaiah Thomas was on it. Well, audio surfaced in someone's like podcast, I think, of Michael Jordan saying that he wouldn't play if Isaiah Thomas was on the team. So we've been thinking that Michael Jordan's been telling the truth the whole time. We think this is the true story of the. 1997-1998 Bulls, but how much of the stuff do we know is true that Michael Jordan says? It's, it's not really a documentary. It's more of just Michael Jordan's storytelling of the 1998 season. This is how he felt it was. Well, I mean, you got um, it. Uh, yeah, um, well, this documentary is of the the Bulls as a as a team. You know, in the first few episodes, they talked about Michael, they talked about Pippen, and then they talked about Rodman, and then the coach. So I think a lot of this stuff is true. And in and in the show, we saw was, you know, never before seen footage, all the behind the scenes. So I think a lot of it is true. I don't think there's too many, like, stretching the truth or anything I think MJ just wanted to protect his legacy, so I think a little bit of this is fake. You know, Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen said they weren't positively portrayed in this, but I think, you know, overall, it seemed pretty trustworthy. You know, but you never know. Maybe there's a side of MJ they just refused to show. Yeah. Obviously, Michael is painting how he wants people to be seen in this. It's not like Ben said, it's a documentary about the team. It's telling the story of the team, but it's from Michael Jordan's perspective and how he felt about Scottie Pippen and his, um, the game he got sick and had the headaches and the migraines. Um, he has all his iPad laughing reactions. I mean, they're kind of defenseless to Michael and while he make he wants them to make them, he wants to make them look like. So, yeah. Well, parts of the documentary made him look like an absolute jerk, really. So, and he knew that, so I think he is telling it from his perspective, but he's going to tell the truth because he knew that parts of the documentary would make him look bad, but he went with it anyway. So obviously I think he means what he says and what he says is true. So there's a lot of winners and losers from this documentary. In my opinion, I think the biggest loser from this documentary, he wasn't even in it. It was LeBron. They've made LeBron look pretty bad. Now, they haven't like taken shots at LeBron. Obviously, it's not about him. But they're making Michael Jordan look like he's a lot better than LeBron. And they're showing this youth that Michael Jordan is much better than LeBron. And LeBron's being taken out of some people's best player of all time. You got those young LeBron fans. And LeBron, he's not looking like the best anymore, is he? No. I, mean, I think we're just – we're all – living in the moment you know we're thinking about mj because his big doc came out and so eventually you know lower Bronhart's gonna return once we see him again in the season playing like we did for three well the documentary showed that michael jordan could do everything you know but no one really talks about lebron as someone 
Booth can do everything. And I think they really highlighted that in the documentary. So that that's why people are thinking less of the film. Yeah, going going six and zero in the finals is very impressive, considering that a lot of like people like LeBron, who we also consider one of the greatest players of all time, even though um, I think Michael Jordan's better. Um, LeBron, he's three and six in the finals, which is just terrible. Um, he's been to nine finals, won three of them, and two of them were because a couple big shots by his teammates like Kyrie and Ray Allen. So he, he, if it weren't for those people, he'd only have one championship. Okay, so other documentaries, there's because it's like a new trend apparently now. So Tom Brady is making a documentary. It's coming out. It's going to be featuring all of his Super Bowls that he won, all the Super Bowls he was in, I believe, not just the ones that he won. So he's having it's a nine-part series for one for every single Super Bowl, starting in the earlier Super Bowls and the latest one now he had against the Rams. And what are you guys – are you guys excited for this documentary? Yeah, I mean, first, like, we – all three of us, we grew up during the Patriots' last run of titles, and we didn't get to see the first run. You know, so – you know, we've only heard the stories of, you know, the Vinatieri kick, you know, in the Super Bowls, Rodney Harrison's interception. And now we're going to actually get to see them really in depth. So when's it coming out? It's coming out in 2021. I'm not sure when, though. Okay. So Tom Brady, I feel like he's not as interesting of a personality as some of the other guys I'd like to see a documentary on. Like maybe Mike Tyson. He's not really a personality. I mean, he's still in the league right now. So they're going to say, like, Tom Brady, this was a deflate gate year. What happened here? And he's going to be like, no, I don't want to speculate anything on that. What's done is done, you know? He's not going to be as interesting as the documentary on Michael Jordan that we just saw. He's kind of a – he's not as big of a personality as the other guys that I'd rather see a documentary on. Maybe the way – I don't know. I think until he retires and then they'll put it Well, I think you may not say he has much of a personality, but he has the same competitive edge that Jordan did. You know, like, uh, I think it was maybe last year or the year before, he was over, like, screaming at McDaniels on the sideline. You know, he's done everything to win. I think you're really going to see that probably in documentary. But he doesn't have a – I don't think he has as good as off-the-field stories as Michael Jordan does because he's he, – Michael Jordan was very involved. Tom Brady, he gets he gets in-depth with his teammates. He has a lot of good friends in the league. But Michael Jordan's stories, I think, are going to be more compelling than Tom Brady's stories, right? Yeah, and because, you know, MJ, he was a player in the 80s and the 90s, and it's very different now. You know, we have technology. That's before they had it. So you had to, like, go and actually talk to guys. You know, he went and played, like, golf with Danny Ainge and then just dropped 63 on him, you know? Yep. Okay. Other Tom Brady news. They had the match this week, which featured Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, apparently, did, I didn't watch this very closely. I watched a couple minutes of it. But Tom Brady, apparently, did very bad. He had one really good, nice shot. I saw a highlight of it. It was awesome. It was pretty far away. It was an eagle. But um, Phil and Tiger won. I feel like Tom Brady, like as we said, he's not as good of a personality as Peyton Manning would be. Peyton Manning's funny. He makes good jokes and stuff. Tom Brady's just not as wise as those guys. You know, like, it's funny and stuff. Um, maybe they, they're talking about making this an annual event. I heard someone float out that, Maybe Steph Curry and Michael Jordan can do it. I I definitely watch that. I, I want to see Michael Jordan and Steph Curry play golf against each other. That'll be cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I watched the match. You know, and Brady just looked completely out of place there. Uh, there's you know, Twitter was absolutely destroying him. They're like, oh, look at that. Brady's 0 1 without Belichick. He's a system golfer. 
But I think, like, honestly, the matchup was kind of unfair because Tiger is a better golfer and Peyton's had – or Tiger's a better golfer than Phil, and Peyton's had more time just during the during his retirement to play golf, you know, because Brady's still focused on football. Yeah, but people, people are really hungry for sports. A lot of people watch the match. Um, do you think this will turn into an annual event, as I said? Uh, honestly, if they like keep filtering through guys, then maybe. You know, like eventually once Tiger and Phil retire and Brady and Peyton, maybe they just don't want to do it anymore. Get like newer guys in, younger guys, maybe like uh, Jordan Spieth, maybe, you know? Yeah. I or think McElroy. I think people would like to see their – you know, stars from different sports come together and play golf because golf is a more relaxing sport to watch and play. And I think the players themselves would like to do it too because it's a chance for them to just hang out with, you know, other greats. I think the appeal of this is that you can see these guys be just like you. You know, it takes Brady like three shots to get out of a sand trap. You know, that's something that anyone can do. Not everyone can throw a, a football sixty yards. You know. Yeah, and um, these players—they're obviously not professional golfers. They're a lot more relaxed and stuff about it. So, well, not all of them are. Obviously, we have Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, but um, these guys aren't professional golfers. That the professional golfers, when you watch it, it's a lot harder to watch golf. Because you're not going to have these funny moments. No one's trash-talking professional golf. It's all very respectful. They're all very good at the game. Tom Brady, like, there's a lot, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, there's a rivalry between those. There's a history. So there's a lot of trash-talking going on. You see them having fun. You see the golfers, like, you see the golfers, they miss a shot, and they go, oh, dang it. Uh, and they start throwing their clubs and things. That's funny to watch, but it's more funny when you have the trash-talking. You have, like, Peyton Manning heckling at Tom Brady and Tiger Woods, um, rivaling with um, Phil Mickelson. It's more funny to see that. Okay, do we have any else? Do we have anyone else else to say anything? Any final thoughts, takes, anything? All good. Okay. Well, thanks, Alex and Ben. It's been a good episode. We'll see you next time on Sideline Sports. Goodbye.